It's Rugby Weekend, folks. Uh, we've just gone 2 o'clock here. It's appointment listening every Thursday just after the 2 o'clock news as we cast our eye over and we are very, very spoiled with semi-finals NPC, finals in the Heartland Championship, quarter-finals in the Rugby World Cup. We better crack straight into it with the voice of Sky Sport Rugby joining us now, Tony Johnson. Um, gosh, if you're on a diet of rugby, the restaurants are full this weekend. Absolutely, yeah. I, I can't remember a, a bigger weekend uh, in a long time. Obviously, probably about four years, Steffi, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah, we've, we've got everything here. There's the potential for upsets everywhere you look. I, I obviously, um, you know, all eyes in New Zealand are going to be on Sunday morning. And, uh, you know, it's you know it could be a watershed match. It could be a crossroads match. You know, who knows? All I can say is there, there are two semi-final quarterfinals in particular that I think probably should be the actual semi-finals of this World Cup if they hadn't made such a mess of the draw. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Like on the station right across, I mean, it's no surprise we're talking mainly about the All Blacks Island game, the second most talked about France South Africa, and almost no talk at all. Well, I could say no talk at all about Wales-Argentina and a little bit about England-Fiji, though. You know, they're two quarterfinals, and out of those games, we're going to get two semi-finalists who might be on the hands of a of a beating, but given the strength of the other quarterfinal. We can't do anything about the draw now, though, TJ. And what it does do is... And Jamie Roberts made a really good um, point this morning, as he said... Quarterfinal rugby, traditionally, he feels is the best rugby at Rugby World Cups because teams just go at it, and from semi-finals and finals, they can turn into sort of arm wrestle games. Do you agree with that sentiment? Um, yeah, to a degree. Although I've seen plenty of arm wrestle quarterfinals, often it's the stage where a team will just put down a marker. And I mean, I, I think back to 2015, where the All Blacks just exploded out of the box and, and ruined uh, France, and and. I think they put 50 points on them in the end. Uh, so sometimes it's it's the game where teams just suddenly, you know, find hit the sweet spot. And and the, you're right. By the time you get to the semi-finals, a bit of the fun's gone out of the tournament. Really, it just all comes terribly serious. But I, you know, I just see, um, as I say, that two matches that that in a real world would have been or the right sort of draw should have been the semi-finals. They're so hard to pick. And, and that's what you've you got to like about it. On the other side of the draw, even, you know, the talk of an upset Fiji against England. So it's, it's going to be a fascinating weekend to see it unfold. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're right. Now, I've got a sneaking feeling that uh, the team that... I've just got a sneaking feeling that the team that wins between Ireland and New Zealand might be the tournament winner. Mm. Are you expecting any surprise or diversion of selections uh, from Ian Foster and co for this matchup against Ireland? No, I suppose if there's a surprise, it, it might be that uh, Tyrell Lomax appears to have healed pretty quickly. Um, that they ideally would want to go in with Lomax and De Groot. I think, you know, the only worry about De Groot is he hadn't had a game for a while. And I think he, he also hopefully has paid a, a fair bit of attention to the detail of his scrumming because you know, it's a strength of his. But in this tournament earlier on, uh, he was getting penalised a bit. And so that's something that, you know, hopefully they've, they've, they've put a bit of thought into while he's been suspended. Uh, the one call I, I would have made, maybe, um, but I don't think they were ever going to do it, was after the um, performance in the last pool game, I would have been very tempted to play Damien McKenzie at fullback, just just to give you some a bit of a point of difference 
someone who can just rip a hole in the, in the defence. Um, there are certain risks, I think, involved in picking him. But I, I think they'll they'll go back, you know, they'll, they'll stick with Bowden Barrett at fullback, but I'd, I'd really hope they have McKenzie on the bench because I think he has got the potential in a tight game to be a game changer. There's been talk that it might not be a huge surprise to see Finlay Christie on the bench ahead of Cam Roygaard. It would surprise me. Um, I think Cam Roygaard's made every post a winner and I think he offers a point of difference. Yeah, that's just the, the, the whisper that's coming out of, you know, from those who are over there. I think uh, Liam Napier was writing about it. Uh, that you know, his info is that it, it, it might be Christie. Personally, I, I, again, I, what do you want? Do you want a closer or do you want someone who can break the game open? And it's often, it's a bit of a dilemma. And I think sometimes in the past, New Zealand's been caught. I know in 2007, it was probably too much about impact and not, not enough about you know, things that could go wrong. And, and maybe other times where it's it's been a conservative selection on the bench. It's very much part of the calculation, though, isn't it? You know, getting the right 23, not just the right 15. Mm. But I, I think I probably would have liked to have seen Roygaard there, but the, the mail seems to be that Christie's experienced, that in fact he's just played a few more games. I, I, I don't know. Um, I think you've you got to take the odd risk, uh, don't you? I, I, I just can't see Roygaard doing anything wrong and, and also that ability of his he's got a tremendous left foot which brings something as well but that ability of his to break around the fringe of the ruck um, you know not many halfbacks around can do that Putting a neutral hat on uh, TJ again it's a, it's a shame of the draw we see the um, host nation um, hosting the World Cup and taking on the defending champions in a quarter final. It's 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 a waste of a really good stage. But aside all of that, it's a really good game. Um, I personally think South Africa will win that, um, and that would be a crying shame to have the hosts out in the quarter final. Not saying it's done yet, but um, that that's equally a massive game. Oh, it, it's just as big. It's every bit as big uh, when you consider that France. You know, along with Ireland, have been there thereabouts as the best team in the world the last couple of years. South Africa, defending champions, who who you know they do because of the the, the number of tournaments fewer that they played than the All Blacks. So you could argue they do have the best record in the World Cup just in terms of their strike rate. But you know, the French uh, they they wanted the draw done early. Uh, they wanted it done early so they could get the buzz going. Uh, it was ridiculous, really, if they'd done the draw maybe after the 2022. Six Nations, it would have been a completely different picture, but that, that's the downside of, of what's happened to them. Oh, look, I, I'm with you. I actually, I get the funny feeling the Springboks might beat them. Um, I just think they've got so much power. They've got some electric stuff going on in the background. It has to be a risk playing DuPont in this game. So, you know, after coming back from a facial injury against the most physical team in the world, but don't forget they're also without uh, Dante and Intermac. That, that would have been their 19-12 axis. They've got a bit missing. Boy, they've still got some fantastic quality throughout the team. I just think it's going to be a fantastic game. But if I was asked to make a pick, I think I probably would lean the way of the Springboks just because of their World Cup record. Uh, before we do the NPC, TJ, I just wanted to mention the Heartland. We've had a lot of texts to the station. Very excited that West Coast are potentially going to win their first ever Lahore Cup. It's, it's fantastic for the provinces. West Coast Poverty Bay is just going to be brilliant down there. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, good on them because uh, it, it's tough um, to, you know, to get a team together um, that's competitive. 
but it, that's what I love about the Heartland, and that's what I liked about the three-tier competition that we had in the past. That, mm. you know, every union in the country, every couple of years, they get their chance of a day in the sun. So, so here it is. It, it, it would be fantastic, just in the same way. I, you know, I've, I've had a couple of memorable trips to Ruatori and done games there. So, you know, best of luck to them. Um, but, you know, it's it's going to be something else to keep an eye on this weekend as well, the Heartland. Yeah, and a tough travelling um, sort of proposition for both Poverty Bay to get from Gisborne to the West Coast. And also oh, yeah. probably not as major, but uh, Whanganui to getting down to South Canterbury, the travel factor will be a big one. So to the MPC, oh boy, uh, Wellington, Hawke's Bay. Um, what is that, two weeks ago that happened and Hawke's Bay got a win? Uh, but Wellington are quite strong favourites at the TAB. Have Hawke's Bay got it in them to do it again? Well, it was always going to be interesting to see how they rebounded from the controversy, um, which I'm not sure. We had an update. How, how's the inquiry going? Apparently it's um, tomorrow, the, the result tomorrow. of the inquiry, yes. Boy, boy, that's uh, that's interesting timing um, <laughs> on the yeah. So um, yeah, they took on Bay of Plenty, and the question was always going to be: uh, Does that uh, disrupt them, or does it galvanise them? Turns out it galvanised them pretty well. Bay of Plenty are a, a good side. They've played some really good rugby this year, and it was a ding dong go too with you know scores or the lead changing hand right throughout the match. So. You know, they, they showed some real metal to, to, to get through that, you know, regardless of what had happened. Uh, and they, they'd fancy it, I guess, against Wellington. I just, I, I don't know about Wellington being caught napping at home twice, though, in three weeks. Uh, I, they've been fantastic this year, the Lions, and I think home advantage. Um, it, it'll be tough, but Hawks Bay, you know, all things considered, you think about what they've done the last couple of weeks. They've, they've gone to Wellington, they've won the Shield, they've gone to Tauranga, and they've won there. Mm. So they, they backed themselves, I'm sure. Yeah, it's reminiscent of that Highlanders Super Super Rugby title, wasn't it? it had to go all over the place and finally got the win in yep. Wellington. Uh, Canterbury seemed to be coming right at the right time of year. No Fergus Burke, though, I think is is a big out. Taranaki have fashioned, you know, really nice season. Uh, got some good momentum as well. That's that's a bit like our World Cup quarterfinals. Very very tough to pick a winner. Taranaki Canterbury. Yeah, Taranaki had been really good. I mean, Neil Barnes has done a great job this year. And just the word that, you know, you're hearing about that, the way that team functions is that, you know, while they look to do all the basics really well, and obviously they've got some scintillating talent in their back line and, and the likes of Potros, you can just bring something a little bit out of the ordinary, those lovely little kicks through that we saw from them last week and how, how they got some pay out of those. But they're also saying that, that Neil Barnes is just doing some things just a little bit, different, a little bit out of the ordinary, exploring new options and, and, and that they've really struck a chord. Let's not forget that uh, Taranaki should have beaten Canterbury the last time they played them in the round robin that Jason Potros had a, had a shot at goal to win the game and, and couldn't nail it. So uh, Canterbury will have been forewarned and, and forearmed. I think Burke, that is a big blow because he's been playing superbly and you do need a really good general. But let's not forget you know, the likes of Drummond and Willie Hines the amount of experience that those guys have got. Um, it's going to be interesting. Discipline will be a, a, a key, um, you know, not giving away penalties, uh, yellow cards, stuff like that. Um, I thought, to be to be quite honest, I, I thought Canterbury, you know, and I'm not trying to diss them or put them down or, or anything like that, but I thought they got away with a little bit last week. I thought they were late in the game, they were very lucky not to get yellow carded. Uh, in, in, in the match in Christchurch. And so that's just something that they'll need to watch. 
Uh, tough one. You know, Canterbury have got such a great pedigree, we know. But Taranaki at home, oh, I get the feeling I think they're going to be hellishly hard to beat. A mm. couple of good signings in the last 24 hours, TJ, with Cam Roygaard extending till the end of 2027. And uh, Sean Stevenson, who I still think... We- could have had a very important role to play over in France, but his time will come and I'd expect that next year he's going to be not first picked, but definitely will be in the fold for All Blacks. Good to retain these two um, early 20-year-olds. Well, firstly, with the case of Sean Stevenson, it just shows you know he really has matured. I mean, some players by now probably would have said, I'll stuff this, I'm never going to get a chance, I'll go overseas and make some money. So mm. good for him. Um, yeah, I... I, I can't see how he won't be part of the future uh, with, with with the All Blacks, but you know you never know what's going to happen. It's going to be very interesting to see how you know Razor Robertson sees you know back three configuration, um, and and Roy Gard, Well, he's the future, isn't he? Um, some people think he's he's the now as well. Uh, I I still think Aaron Smith starting is absolutely the right option for the All Blacks, but Roy Gard's made a compelling case to be the backup. Um, but but it is just really good at a time where it is getting difficult to keep younger players in New Zealand. It's it's great that, that players of this calibre, this talent, and also this ability to really excite the crowds are staying in New Zealand. Yeah, and I hadn't spoken to you since it was announced the extension of uh, Super Rugby Opiki, proper round-robin, home-and-away, extended pre-season, getting paid more. I guess this was inevitable that the women's game needed a bit of an injection, and it's got it. Yeah, um, those are all good things. Those are all steps very much in the right direction. I think that's been the, the one real drawback of Super Rugby Opiki is that it just simply hasn't been long enough, far too condensed. And so home in a way brings that extra factor into it. I think that's that's great. Uh, I think the players deserve you know, the pay rise, etc. I mean, there is some disappointment. I think that they couldn't uh, get something going with Australia. I would have loved to have seen some sort of crossover at the end of it, even even if they're not playing each other in the regular season. Some sort of crossover would have been great. But I think Australian rugby's got a whole heap of problems at the moment that they're trying to iron out. And I think you know some massive uncertainties over the future governance of the game there and who's going to be running uh, you know the game. And, 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 and so maybe now not quite the right time. But that has got to be the next step now is Australian and, and, and Fijiana as well. Um, you know, getting them involved and, and bringing a, a, a global, oh, sorry, an international aspect to it because, you know, hopefully that's the sort of thing that might bring in some uh, some extra revenue to fund the, the, the game. Yep, bang on, TJ. What's your what's your order? If I said you could watch three games of rugby this weekend across uh, World Cups, NPCs, which, which three would you pick? Give, give me your rankings. Um, well, obviously, uh, All Blacks first. Yep. Um, All Blacks against Ireland, and you know, yeah, who knows? Uh, it, it'll be a bit of a relief uh, on Sunday morning to wake up knowing that this awful election build-up has passed us. Here, 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 Tony Johnson. Yeah, it's been terrible. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's something to really look forward to. Um, obviously, France, South Africa. But, uh, yeah, look, I, I'm actually I'm calling the game in Wellington. I'm really looking forward to that because there's obviously a bit of a story behind this game. Mm. Uh, you know, Wellington and, and, and Hawke's Bay, uh, I just think it's going to be a fantastic scrap, but so too the other one as well. So those will be the four games, most of all. But ha- having said that, um, I, I wouldn't like to have to make that choice. You know, to me, um, you know, have Fiji. I, have, they've got a shot at beating England. Mm. 
mean, that would turn the world on its axis. That really would. Uh, I think they're capable of doing it because they've got those you know, hardened professional players who've been playing their trade in Europe, plus the things that Fiji do all year. Sure, they drop their bundle against Porto. We can hardly blame them, but England will have to be on guard. And they, you know, I think that's another um, potentially fascinating match. So it's, it's, I think it's all going to be pretty good this weekend and, and the Heartland staffing. So I wouldn't like to really <laughs> list them in order of preference. No, it's a toughie. It is a very tough one. Awesome, TJ. Uh, enjoy the weekend of rugby. It'll be hard not to. Okay, mate. Cheers, Daddy. Cheers, buddy. TJ, Tony Johnson, uh, was rugby out of Sky Sport. I was going to suggest to him he talks to the Soundies when he goes down to the Wellington Hawks Bay game and put some of those little tiny mics, uh, player mics on. I think there'll be some good banter between Wellington and Hawks Bay in that semi-final. Uh, times are tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Taranaki, Canterbury. Uh, Saturday. Seven o'clock, Wellington Hawks Bay, Heartland Championship Finals, South Canterbury, Wanganui is at two o'clock Saturday and two o'clock Sunday, West Coast Poverty Bay. And we have the World Cup commentaries here on SENZ with either 30 or 60 minute build-ups. And I'm going to be hosting alongside Steve Devine from 11 o'clock on Sunday, straight after the All Blacks quarter final. So I will want your calls and I want your feedback. It'll be a listener-driven show with myself and Steve Devine on a Sunday. Couldn't miss out on the opportunity to keep the conversation going. Win, lose or draw, we'll be here from uh, 11 till 2, I think it is. Anyway, it's the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run. I'll be here doing that on Sunday. Look forward to your company for that. Right, we've got some more Auckland football teams, uh, football team name suggestions, and a lot more of your texts. Uh, feel free to text anytime, 8833. That is the Temper Bed Post text machine. We'll be back shortly.